0: Again, I want to say thanks for joining me this morning. You know, we're here to celebrate Easter. And honestly, the Easter story is is a tremendous story. A man actually rose from the dead. Think about that. You know, we, we hear about stories where people, you know, uh, get CPR and they're resuscitated and, and things, and uh, And actually, that happened to me on one of my surgeries when they flipped me over. My heart stopped and they had to to bring me back. But this story of the resurrection is all about someone that had been dead for three days. Now, this this has never happened in human history ever before. It never has happened. So uh, a wonderful thing that we have to celebrate today. I don't know how many of you have ever been to the National Cathedral in Washington, D.C. But one year there at Christmas time they were offering services and and during the service the, the priest that was offering the, the Mass, he as part of his sermon, he asked the congregation, he says, What do you want for Christmas? What do you really want for Christmas? Well, a woman in the background. Uh, one of the aspects of the church stood up and she said, what I really want is to believe in the resurrection. You know, in many ways, her statement kind of reflects on the condition of of society today. You know, less than half of the people uh, just in the United States alone actually believe that the resurrection took place. So let me ask you a question. If the church and the people of the church— actually believed in the resurrection. If we honestly believed that when we left this earth we would be standing before God. If the church really believed that Jesus is alive today and that He's with us today, would we not be much more courageous and, and more committed in our Christian walk? Would we not? You know, Jesus rose from the dead. It is the basis of what we believe uh, in the Christian faith, that God the Son came to the world, lived a perfect life, died, you know, a horrible death, paid for the price, paid for the sins, paid for everything, and then rose again so that those that believe in him uh, might have everlasting life. Now, it is a difficult story for for people to believe in, there's no question about it. You know, resurrection is is it it just makes no sense when we think of things in a human fashion. And from the very beginning, um, this has been a struggle for all people, including the disciples. You know, I recall the scripture that talks about when Mary of Magdala uh, went to the tomb and she looked in there and there's no one there, and she goes running to. Simon Peter and the other disciples, and she said, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. Well, they didn't believe. She wasn't sure that she even believed anything about resurrection at that time. As we read scripture, it talks about how, uh, like Matthew, he puts uh, the story out there that the chief priest paid the, you know, the, guards or whatever to steal the body and or to say that the disciples came and stole the body and all kinds of different you know stories were being circulated at that time Um, actually one of the most credible ones back then was the story of the stolen body you know that the disciples came and they took it well other people contended that Jesus really didn't die on the cross he simply was you know mutilated and swooned and fainted and he eventually was was nursed back to health. There was a many years ago there was one of those columns in a newspaper where people write in you know responses to various articles and things and and one lady wrote in she wrote in she says, "You know dear sirs, our pastor said on Easter." That Jesus just swooned on the cross and that his disciples nursed him back to health. And she signed it, bewildered. Well, of course, somebody had to write back. So later on, uh, the newspaper printed a response. And the response comes in, and this is what it said. It said, Dear Bewildered, beat your preacher with a cat of nine tails with 39 heavy strokes. Nail him to a cross hang him in the sun for six hours, run a spear through his side, put him in an airless tomb for 36 hours, and let's see what happens. Sincerely, Charles. Well, you know, honestly, the resurrection is simply too good to be true in many people's eyes. There must be a rational explanation. Anything but a resurrection. Anything else can be true. But honestly, we celebrate today the fact that God overcame death and resurrected his son, Jesus Christ, in that tomb on that day 2,000 years ago. How can I say this with such confidence? Well, let me share with you a few thoughts about why I believe in the resurrection. First of all, those that experienced the resurrection were very credible witnesses. You know, go back and look at the record yourself. Read the account yourself if you have it, or if you haven't lately, or if you're struggling with your total belief in the resurrection of Jesus. You know, this is what a, an author, a, a man by the name of Lee Strobel, did. He's, he's written a book, maybe you've read it, I don't know. The book was called God's Outrageous Claims. And in the book, Lee Strobel writes, he says, I used to consider the resurrection. To be a laughable tale. And he went to La- Yale Law School, and he was coldly rational, and he spent years of digging deep into things uh, for the Chicago Tribune. And he was a man that was really hardened by, by the world and the condition of the world, and, and he was very explicit in how he looked at things and how he came up with the facts and what he held as true and what he didn't. And Strobel talks in his book about how his wife came to faith and became a Christian. And because he saw a difference in her attitude and her behaviors and just all the aspects of her life, he decided, Strobel decided, I'm going to investigate these claims about Jesus being God and Jesus being resurrected. I'm going to investigate them myself. So he did. He put all of his skills at work. And he spent two hours, or I mean, I'm not saying two hours, he spent two years going through the records and all of the information and all digging into this and digging into that. He spent two years uncovering what he could about the resurrection of Jesus and about Jesus' claims to be God. At the end of it all, Lee Strobel emerges and he says, I committed my life to Christ because I became a believer through the research that I've done. And again, if you struggle with this idea, I would encourage you to go back and do your own research. Take a look at the scriptures. Look at the other historical documents that are available. Uh, Look at other commentaries. Look at other aspects of archaeology and what they've uncovered and how it it affirms the stories that we read about in scriptures. But also at the same time, remember, the disciples didn't quite believe it either. You know, when Mary Magdalene and the other uh, women told the 11 disciples that they had seen the risen Lord, Mark 16 tells us they did not believe it. And Luke is even more blunt he writes in his book in chapter 24, the disciples did not believe the woman or the women because their words seemed like nonsense. And then there's, of course, doubting Thomas. You know, we picture Thomas as a guy that had very little faith. That's not true. Thomas was a very devout man to Jesus. He was very devout in his relationship and in his, in his faith in who Jesus is. But at that time about the resurrection, he did not believe it. He said he had to see it for himself. Even on the mountain where Jesus made his final appearance after the days of the resurrection, even then, when Jesus is telling the disciples about what they need to do and about going into the world and sharing the gospel with other people, uh, it tells us in Scripture, he says, They saw him and they worship him, but some doubted. Even those that spent three and a half years traveling with him. Even those that gave up so much of their life in order to follow this rogue preacher. Even those that witnessed the miracles and all the other aspects of Jesus' life and ministry. And here he is standing before them with the with the scars and the wounds. And they still don't believe it. You know, one of the reasons I do believe that the resurrection is true is because of the credibility of those witnesses that ended up in their life saying that, yes, Jesus is the Christ, and yes, he was resurrected from the dead. You know, secondly, what's kind of really impressive is the way that the resurrection affected the lives of those people. You know, the disciples themselves were absolutely transformed. You know, they were no longer the people that they used to be. They were now people of a new direction, of a new beginning, of a new faith. You know, you could see it in their attitude and their goals and their direction in life, the things that they were doing as opposed to the things that they used to do. You know, even Peter, you know, he's the one that says, yeah, Jesus, if you're walking on water, call me out there so I can walk on water. And of course he fails miserably. But Peter denies Jesus. He denies Jesus three times that night of his mock trial before the Sanhedrin. And yet what happens? You know, just seven weeks after the resurrection occurred, Peter preached a sermon. He preached about Jesus being the Christ. He preached about Jesus being resurrected. And he preached with such intensity and such fervor that I think it was 3,000 people that day came to faith in who Jesus is. It's because their lives were changed. People don't have lives that are changed because of lies or because things that are untrue. People's lives change because they realize sometimes something new and something exciting and something that, that makes a complete difference in the way that they look at life. How else could you explain these types of changes in these people? If you go even further and you look at the life of each one of the disciples, how they lived after the resurrection, where they went, how they, and how they died, you'll see that they experienced tremendous persecution, tremendous, horrific deaths, and yet not a single one of them recanted their story of Jesus being alive and Jesus being resurrected, the resurrected Son of God. None of them ever recanted that story. And as they go along with that, the same thing with the many other hundreds of people that followed along with them. I mean, go back historically and you see, you know, persecution after persecution and you see people martyred for their faith in who Jesus is. People don't give up their life easily. And people don't give up their life unless it's something that they know to be true. You know, how else do we know that the resurrection is true? Well, again... Remember Columbine? In the story of Columbine, we read about a girl by the name of Cassie who was asked by the gunman that day if there was anybody there in the library that believed in God. And Cassie affirmed that. She said, I do. I believe in God. And they shot her for it. You don't die for things that you don't fully believe in and fully have understood as truth. I think if Cassie had had any doubts that day whatsoever, she would have, she would not have answered, but she did answer. And she gave up her life for the witness that Jesus is God and that Jesus was resurrected. Another thing about why I believe that the resurrection is true is without resurrection, without the resurrection, there really is no... Purpose in our living in a fallen and a broken world and experiencing the suffering and the, and the problems that we experience today. You know, if Adam and Eve, if they are the origins of humanity, which God tells us they are, and they experienced, you know, failure in the garden and then they were taken out of the garden, why did God put them in this fallen world that we live in? Well, what would be the point? I mean, if God was simply going to judge humanity, you know, by our sinfulness at that particular time, I think we'd be in hell right now. But instead, we're not. Instead, we're in a place where God allows us to experience, you know, the consequences of being sinful, the consequences of of being disobedient, and He allows us the opportunity to understand His plan of redemption. He allows us this opportunity in this life to make a choice, to believe in Me and to believe in His Son Jesus, to believe in the resurrection, believe in the the sacrifice for the you know for the redemption of our sins, and then to be redeemed. Why else would we be living in a fallen world and not immediately have gone into judgment? It just makes no sense. Well friends this week I want you to to think about all of this as we celebrate Easter today and I hope it's a great celebration with family and friends um, but I want to leave you with one last thought. There was a woman that uh, worked in this uh, Alzheimer's unit at a at a care facility and and one Good Friday, she and her colleagues decided that they were going to gather the Alzheimer patients in a room and show them the movie Jesus of Nazareth. Now they weren't quite sure whether or not, you know, the residents there would understand what's going on, or you know, if they'd even stay awake long enough to watch. Or who, they didn't know what to expect. Well, they were they were actually amazed at how well those Alzheimer residents. Paid attention to the movie and how intent they were on watching it and, and listening and so forth. And toward the end of the movie, when Jesus is, you know, resurrected and Mary is at the tomb, and she says, "Where is he? He's gone." And she runs to the disciples and tells them that Jesus is not there and that he's resurrected. She saw him, and and they say, "We don't, we don't believe you." And Mary says to them, "We." You guys don't believe me. And in the back of this room of Alzheimer patients, a woman called out from her seat. And she said, we believe you, Mary. We believe you. Well, you know what? I, I believe Mary, too. I believe her that Jesus is the Christ, that he is the Son of God, that he did come here to this broken, fallen world to pay for the sins of humanity and to offer us a way back to what we lost through the sin of Adam and Eve. Friends, I hope you have a great week this week. God bless you. Know that you're loved. Share this with other people, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, and God bless. Tough Questions for God is a teaching ministry of the Rosebush United Methodist Church, where we challenge our faith with some of the most difficult issues. Tough Questions for God is available on Facebook Live, Sundays at 11.30 a.m., or go on our website at toughquestionsforgod.org and just follow the links on the homepage for YouTube or via podcast. Thanks for joining, and don't forget to like and share. God bless.